Today, we're going to take a little contemplative walk as we meditate on our scripture passage for today in Acts. But before we venture out on our walk, I want you to find a place to sit down, actually. Go ahead and place yourself in a position of rest and openness to God. Feel free to pause this audio guide until you find a comfortable place to sit down. Center yourself in this moment with Jesus. We pick up the story of Jesus and his followers at the very beginning of the book of Acts. Over the past 40 days since his death and resurrection, Jesus' friends have enjoyed the nearness of their friend, once dead, now alive with them. They have touched his transformed body. They have laughed and cried with him over dinners. They have sat at his feet and listened as he told them about the kingdom of God. They have rested in the gift of being in his physical presence again. I want you to close your eyes and imagine for a moment that you are in the room with the disciples and Jesus. You are together at a meal. What might you hear? Perhaps the clatter of dishes or the soft lull of conversation with close friends. Imagine the aromas and flavors that you might smell. Freshly baked bread, perhaps, wine, perfumes. Can you taste the food before you? The chewiness of figs and dates or the crunching of unleavened bread. What do you touch with your hands? How do your legs feel as you recline? And what does it feel like to be in the presence of Jesus? Across the table sits Jesus. What do you notice about him? What is his posture towards you right now? What does he want you to know? To see? When you're ready and keeping these images and words in mind, I encourage you to get up and venture out on your walk as we begin the story in Acts 1, 4-5. On one occasion, while he was with eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wait for the gift my father promised. Jesus is about to leave and he asks his followers to wait for something beyond what their imagination could grasp. 
I didn't know exactly what to expect or when it would come, and there was nothing they could do or say to make it come. They would need to receive it as a gift that would come on the other side of waiting for who knows how long. Let that sink in for a moment. Can you recall a time when you received a gift you had to wait on God for? Maybe it was a relationship or the gift of discovering your calling, healing, a friendship, an answer, a new chapter in your life. What was it like to wait for that gift? Take a few deep breaths and ground yourself in your body as you walk. What do you feel right now? When you think about the idea of waiting, how does your body respond? Do you feel tension? Where do you feel it? Are you tired? Energized? Hopeful? Now pay attention to your surroundings. What do you see? Can you see any signs of waiting and creation around you? Perhaps the trees waiting to bud and grow or birds or animals resting in the trees? Do you see someone waiting for a bus? or in their car at a stop? What do you notice? What do you hear? What does the air feel like in your mouth and in your body? One of the greatest gifts I have waited for in my life was children, but the waiting involved was always painful. As I waited to get pregnant, I lost two babies in miscarriage. Then I waited a long time to get pregnant again. When I finally did become pregnant with my first son, Isaiah, I waited nine months for him to be born and then struggled through 27 hours of labor to bring him into the world. When it was time for my second son, Winston, to be born, he was past his due date, and I got really restless. I was anxious and frustrated because my family was visiting for just a short while, hoping to catch his birth. But my sister was scheduled to work the next day, and she'd been a source of comfort for me during my labor with Isaiah, and I desperately wanted her with me. I needed her. I was afraid of going through labor without her. So I reached for whatever I could control to make Winston come. I walked, I ate spicy foods, I prayed. I tried so hard to make it happen on my time and in my way, but I was hopelessly out of control. And that made me feel really vulnerable. Let me ask you something. When the comfort, 
When the discomfort, anxiety, and vulnerability of waiting surfaces, what do you reach for? Let's have a look at what the disciples reach for when they hear Jesus is leaving and they need to wait for the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.6 says, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? In the midst of their anxiety about the unknown future, the disciples reach for certainty. They ask for the details, times, and dates of what they're waiting for. And in the distress of Jesus leaving, they reach for control through political power. But Jesus responds to their quest for certainty and control with the promise of a different kind of power. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I love how Willie Jennings describes what happened when the disciples received the Holy Spirit in his commentary in the book of Acts. He writes, those gathered in prayer asked for power. They may have asked for the Holy Spirit to come, but they did not ask for this. This is real grace, untamed grace. It is the grace that replaces our fantasies of power over people with God's fantasy for desire for people. God has come to them, on them, with them. This moment echoes Mary's intimate moment. The Holy Spirit again overshadows. Did you catch that? The comfort Jesus provides is not in certainty or control, but in the power of his presence that will be with them no matter what may come. The Holy Spirit offers the gift of intimacy with Jesus. And not just intimacy with Jesus, but with one another. Jennings continues, This similar holy action creates something different, something startling. The Spirit creates joining. The followers of Jesus are now being connected in a way that joins them to people in the most intimate space. A voice, memory, sound, body, land, and place. Wow. Like baby chicks cracking out of their eggs, the disciples unfolded as a new creation. The Spirit replaced the desire for power with the, desire, with the power of intimacy. They received the gift of being fully seen, known, and loved. And that is the kind of power they need to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth to establish a beloved community where all people of every ethnicity, tribe, tongue, culture, gender, and social status are welcomed and embraced in intimate communion with God and with one another. <sighs> the Holy Spirit is still hovering over us, friends, longing for us to accept the gift that establishes the power of intimacy and joining. In the midst of the world's quest for certainty and control that oppresses through power over people, 
God longs to release us into the world with a power for people, to form what Martin Luther King described as the beloved community, a community in which everyone is cared for, absent of poverty, hunger, and hate, a community in which all are seen, known, and cherished, a place where all find home and shelter in God and in one another. It is this kind of power that liberates and empowers us to seek justice and compassion for the oppressed, to ensure that all have equal access to the extravagantly generous love of God who creates home and belonging for all. As you close your walk, consider for a moment, what might it look like for you to surrender your desire for certainty and control so you can receive the gift of deeper intimacy with God and others today. What is one step you can take to witness to God's extravagant love by creating a place of belonging for someone else in your life? Perhaps someone totally different than you. We're going to close our walk with a posture prayer created by Infinitum. And if you're able, you can do these body postures during your walk. Or if you're more comfortable, you can pause and return to do the posture prayer at home. If the movement part is too distracting for you, feel free to just listen for now and return to this later if you wish. So we begin with our hands in a closed fist raised above you. Imagine in your grasp are all the ways you've tried to hold on to certainty and control the chaos around you. And we make this confession. Lord, we confess that our first impulse is to hold on to control and certainty. We confess we want to be our own gods and rule our own kingdoms, clinging tightly to power and esteem in the eyes of others. Forgive us, O oh Lord. Now open your hands in a posture of surrender. Lord, we open our hands to you. We surrender the need to control, to be certain, to be perfect, to perform. We let go of our desire for human glory. We surrender our striving and hurry and hustle for our own kingdoms so we can be fully attentive to you and your kingdom. Now I want you to extend your hands forward in a fist. In your hands are what you are afraid you might lose if you let go of control or certainty. Think about what you hold on to to control. We make this confession. Lord, we confess that our tendency is to hold on to what we have. We cling to our time, our resources, our energy, our knowledge, and our attention. We confess, O oh Lord, that we cling tightly in fear to what is truly yours. Forgive us, O oh Lord. Imagine for a moment that Jesus stands before you with what you really long for, but you cannot receive until you let go. When we release our quest for control and certainty in our world and relationships, 
we open up our capacity for intimacy. Our posture can shift from grasping to receiving. And so when you're ready, open your hands to Jesus. What is God inviting you to let go of so that you can receive from him? With your hands open wide, imagine God pouring over you his unlimited resources that you desperately need right now. We confess, Lord, we open our hands to receive what you freely give and abundantly provide. Your limitless resources, your time, your attention, your love, And Lord, we keep our hands open to bless others and release to give what you have freely provided today. May we create a place of home, belonging, and refuge to our neighbors as you have created for us. In this final posture, I want you to cross your arms over your chest. And we make this confession Lord, we confess that our natural posture is one of self-protection. We confess the ways we create distance from the things we are afraid of or the things we cannot change. We confess, O Lord, the ways we have chosen to close ourselves off to you and to the hurting world before us. I want you to open your arms in an extension of embrace. Imagine Jesus surrounding you with an embrace of his powerfully transforming love. Lord, we open ourselves in vulnerability to receive your embrace of us. Your unconditional love that is wider, longer, higher, and deeper than we could possibly imagine. A love that surrounds us and fills us. And today, We choose to open ourselves to embrace one another. We open our arms to embrace the lost, the least, the hurting, those who are most in need of your love and your protection. Amen.